We've known for a while that Joe Biden inappropriately touched women. But more recently, he was accused of a much more serious incident of sexual assault. And the Democratic Party leadership, which was very loud in its condemnation of Al Franken and John Conyers, has been much more silent. But is it possible to support Biden's candidacy without abandoning Me Too? Is it possible to both take this allegation against Biden seriously and also deem Biden a worthy candidate for president? I'm Stephanie Lepp, and this is Reckonings. And in this bonus episode, alas, no, we are not doing a restorative justice dialogue between Joe Biden and his accuser, Tara Reid. What we are doing is being introduced to Reckonings' new sister show, Infinite Lunchbox. And we're going to hear an Infinite Lunchbox episode that explores precisely that question of whether it's possible to take Tara Reid's allegation seriously and also deem Biden a worthy presidential candidate. And before we get there, a quick update on what is up with reckonings. So... As many of you know, I had been looking for a home for Reckonings, like Vox or WNYC, or somewhere that could take Reckonings on and give it resources and help it fly. There is one potential and potentially amazing home I am still exploring, and that is Rebel Wisdom. If you want Reckonings to live on, on the Rebel Wisdom platform, tweet at Wisdom Rebel, that's one word, Wisdom Rebel, and let them know. Seriously, please do that at Wisdom Rebel. Anyways, alas, I have not found a home yet, and I don't know if I will, which means Reckonings could be meeting its fate. But on a happier note, other Reckonings-related projects are taking off, and I will introduce them to you over the course of these next few bonus episodes, which may be the last episodes, but hey, at least there will be a few episodes back-to-back for the next few weeks. In this episode, I'm going to introduce you to one Reckonings-related project, which is, believe it or not, as I mentioned earlier, another show. The idea behind it is there is so much I want to talk to you about, but Reckonings isn't really the right place for me to share thoughts and theories and other things, however Reckonings-related they might be. And Reckonings is not very lean and can get kind of heavy, and so this new show is going to be more me, more often, and more fun, and more visual. It's a podcast and also a YouTube channel. And it's called Infinite Lunchbox. Infinite Lunchbox is devoted to giving you a fresh take on what's going on, meaning a look at current events with the kind of expansive and nuanced and integral perspective you'll recognize from Reckonings. So we are now going to hear one episode from the Infinite Lunchbox, which explores the original question, is it possible to stay committed to Me Too while supporting Biden's candidacy. You can subscribe to Infinite Lunchbox wherever you listen and at youtube.com slash C slash Infinite Lunchbox. That's youtube.com slash C for channel slash Infinite Lunchbox. And with that, here we go. 
You are opening the Infinite Lunchbox for a fresh take on what's going on. I'm Stephanie Lepp, and today we're going to get a fresh take on Joe Biden, Me Too, and the prospect of growing in public. And we're going to start with a little story. Last year, I was going to be interviewed by a restorative justice podcast about Reckonings episode 23. Reckonings is a podcast I produce about how people change their hearts and minds. And episode 23 features a survivor of clergy sex abuse and an ex-offender priest who are collaborating to bring restorative justice to the Catholic Church. Restorative justice is a response to crime that engages offenders and victims in repairing the harm that was caused. So this restorative justice podcast was going to interview me about that episode, but the host kept postponing and rescheduling. And when we finally got on the phone, she admitted that she was just really struggling with the episode. Like, of course, she is pro restorative justice and pro not judging people by the worst thing they ever did. But an ex-offender priest which is totally understandable. I never in a million years would have looked for his story, and it's kind of its own story how it fell into my lap. But anyway, this host and I had a really good conversation about how cases like this really test our commitment to restorative justice. And we decided to talk about that explicitly in the interview. And we did the interview, and it went really well. And then she didn't hear it. And I don't know for sure why she didn't air it, but I think it was because of this same issue. Again, it's like pro-restorative justice, anti-mass incarceration, but sex abuse? And beyond that, clergy sex abuse? We'll come back to that story in a bit. For now, over to Biden. Here's what we know as of April 20th, 2020. Last year, multiple women accused Biden of inappropriate touch in public. Last April, Biden came out with a video where he acknowledged that times have changed and he needs to change with them and be more respectful of people's space, but he didn't quite apologize. Then, almost a year later, in March of this year, a woman named Tara Reid publicly accused Biden of having much more seriously sexually assaulted her in 1993. This more serious allegation has been covered by various news outlets, but they haven't been able to corroborate the story beyond one friend of Reed's. The New York Times' Michelle Goldberg writes, it would be easier to know what to do with Tara Reed's accusation that Joe Biden sexually assaulted her if her tale were more solid or if it were less. The Biden campaign denies Tara Reid's allegation, Biden has stayed silent, and the Democratic establishment has also stayed silent, for which they've gotten a lot of blowback. So that's where we're at. The Democratic establishment is in a tight spot here because they've leaned hard into believe women, but Biden is their presumptive nominee. A headline in leftist quarterly Jacobin magazine reads, For elite Democrats, Joe Biden's candidacy means ditching Me Too. And thus far, there hasn't been much room for nuance in the public discourse around Me Too. Supposedly, either you believe women or, per Jacobin's headline, you ditch Me Too. So what do people who might otherwise support Biden's candidacy do? 
Is it possible to be both pro-MeToo and pro-Biden's candidacy? Let's get into that with three fresh takes. Fresh take number one. We might be in a different place today if Biden had responded to the initial allegations differently. He basically said, sorry, not sorry. But what he could have said was, the way women are treated in this country is changing, and thank God. And some men are getting caught in the crossfire of change. But whatever we might think of the messiness and sometimes unfairness of the process of change, there's a bigger evolutionary process that I want us to celebrate and support. So to the women who have come forward against me, thank you for helping me treat you the way you want to be treated. I apologize for touching you in ways that were inappropriate and violating. Evolution may not always be pretty, but it sure is beautiful. Had Biden said something like that in response to the less serious allegations then, I think he, his campaign, and the Democratic establishment would be better positioned to respond to the more serious allegation today. Fresh take number two. Biden didn't apologize then, and he could apologize now, but here's the point. We need to make enough room for him to do that. Imagine Biden comes out now and says, I deny Tara Reid's allegation and still I apologize for my sexual abuse of power. Or imagine Biden invites the authorities to question him and the staff he had at the time of the allegation. Or imagine he invites Tara Reid into a restorative justice process. How might the Me Too movement respond? Too little too late? Not genuine enough. Me Too isn't just a reckoning with sexual abuse of power. It's a reckoning with how we deal with sexual abuse of power. For the high-profile men who are credibly accused, it's a reckoning with how they are, or in most cases are not, using their positions of power to take leadership. And for the rest of us, it's a reckoning with whether we make room for them to do that with whether we make room for public figures to grow in public. Fresh take number three. Back to the original question. Is it possible to be both pro-MeToo and pro-Biden's candidacy? Is it possible to support Biden's candidacy without ditching MeToo? Well, I would say provisionally, yes. Tara Reid's allegation has not been fully corroborated. And I think the more helpful interpretation of Believe Women is not believe all women irrespective of evidence, but balance out the benefit of the doubt, which has historically been given to men, i.e. take women's allegations seriously. And therefore, for those of us who believe in taking women's allegations seriously and believe in due process, I think it is, at this moment, possible to be both pro-MeToo and pro-Biden's candidacy in a way that is provisional and perpetually adapts to the situation as it evolves, both in terms of new information about the case and in terms of how Biden responds to it. And in cases this explosive, holding our views provisionally is generally a good idea. And remember that restorative justice podcast we talked about at the beginning? 
Well, coming back to that, there is some cognitive dissonance in the Me Too era on the progressive side of things, where on the one hand, there's a desire to be pro-restorative justice and anti-mass incarceration and anti-judging people by the worst thing they ever did, which can come into conflict with a desire to be pro-gender equality and pro-Me Too and pro if not zero tolerance, then at least minimal tolerance for perpetrators of sexual abuse. But the beauty here is we don't actually have to choose. We don't have to choose between, let's say, consequences or compassion. Restorative justice and traditional criminal justice are not mutually exclusive. Just because someone is sitting in jail doesn't mean they can't work to repair the harm they caused. And absolutely, people should endure the consequences appropriate to their actions and also have the opportunity to learn and change and grow from their actions for their sake and for all of ours. And so, in conclusion, Me Too in Earnest is now three years old. How has our public discourse around it evolved during that time? Many people think there was no room for Al Franken to have a successful public reckoning. Would that be different today? Are we better able to hold both consequences and compassion, to hold perpetrators accountable for their actions and also make enough room for them to grow from their actions? Ultimately, I think it is provisionally possible to be both pro-MeToo and pro-Biden's candidacy, and I also think we have some work to do to make that less provisional. We have to create the conditions conducive to the change we want to see. And that was Biden, MeToo, and Growing in Public an episode of Infinite Lunchbox brought to you by Reckonings. And while we're talking Infinite Lunchbox, allow me to plug another show called Strong Feelings, which is about bringing feminism to work. Best friends and co-hosts Sarah and Cattell get real with authors, entrepreneurs, and others on topics like why crying at work is totally fine and what it looks like to face our stereotypes. You can find Strong Feelings wherever you listen and at strongfeelings.co, and you can find Infinite Lunchbox wherever you listen and at youtube.com slash C slash Infinite Lunchbox. See you there.